sit back, relax, take the weight off your feet. Easy for you to say. We're here to take all your problems away. Mate, I've got to be honest, I think that's a little bit beyond what we're capable of. Okay, okay, okay. We're here to take one of your problems away. I think that even that's a stretch. My name's Thomas. <laughs> and I'm Joe. Grab your jam. <laughs> Grab your glutted cream. It's time for a cream tea. Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 3 of It's Time for a Cream Tea. My name's Joe. My name's Thomas. I hope you've had a great week. I've had a fantastic week. I've had a week's leave. Yeah, me too actually. Thomas, this what have you been, been quite, up to? Quite easy. Not a lot mm. actually. I've kind of... Uh, you know, chilled out at work this week, got a few little projects finished. Um, it's been nice to just have a week of, you know, catching up on some on some energy levels. What about you, mate? Well, the, the weather largely has been very nice this week. It's been very nice. Yeah, I've dug nice. up, I've dug up the gravel that goes along the side of the garden. You, sorry. Oh, that, that gravel, okay. Uh, my dad, my dad has yeah, dug up okay. the gravel. No, that's not fair on me, actually. We both did it. <laughs> Dug up the side of the uh, of uh, the gravel that goes along the side of the garden to put down um, that special sheeting to like stop the weeds growing through. They're called like yeah, mulching yeah, I'm with you. sheet I'm with you. or something like that. To to lay that, um, pin that into the ground, and then got all the pebbles, kind of decant them from bucket to bucket to clean them up, and then we lay them back on the uh, on the newly laid you, really. sheeting. Well, yeah, you know, it's all part of. Um, it's all part of the garden project to remove as much life from the garden as possible um, and have it filled with nothing but artificial, low-maintenance nothingness. So, uh, so yeah, here we are. Episode three. We hope that you've enjoyed the first few episodes of It's Time for a Cream Tea. Our wildest expectations have been blown out of the water. We thought just my mum, Thomas's mum, and some other randomer would be watching this but mm. it turns out there's like 50 of you so uh mental, thank you so right? much for listening um thank you so much today we're back and we're about to get serious we're about to get serious so i know you're probably thinking well he doesn't sound serious i'm sorry i'm sorry it's just who i am as a person um everything i say is just mired in sarcasm but we are about to get serious because we have a good friend with us here on the uh on the call. Yes, we do. Andrew Lavers, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I was so patient there <laughs> waiting to be introduced. I appreciate your patience um, and the respect that you've given to the two hosts of the show. That's um, Well, a, lo- really, a lot of really respect well. is due, you know. Um, you guys got a good thing going here. You know, I, I don't want to come in here and, mm. and mess up the vibe. Um, I'm, I'm trying to be respectful of what you've got going here, you know. This is this is a quality podcast, and um, I'll be plugging it all the way to the grave. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> what, what a hero! <laughs> <laughs> Drew Lavers, number one fan of it's time for a cream tea. Andrew Lavers, for those of the the listeners that don't know who you are, give us a little bit of a lowdown into to who you are, what you do, what's your favourite kind of tea. Oh, oh, okay. Hint. The correct answer is a cream tea. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, 
the thing that I'm most disappointed about is I assumed that this would be a conversation over a cream tea. So that mm. the, there's a significant lack of cream teeness uh, going on here, which is, is a bit gutting. Well, the, shout out to our sponsor, Baker's Baker's Cornish Baker's Bakehouse. Um, <laughs> we're actually out of scones. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, we, um, we, we don't buy our scones from anywhere else. Um, and regrettably, they were, they were out of stock Respect. because they are the greatest scones I've ever I've, I've eaten. They're incredibly Moorish. Um, but yeah, Drew, back yeah. to you, my friend. Who are you? What do you do? What makes you tick? Man, so many, so many answers here. Um, my name is Andrew. I'm 25. I live in Cornwall. Um, I'm married to a lovely lady called Molly, who's an absolute 10 out of 10. Um, Shout out Molly Lavers! (laughs) 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 That was my poor, poor, poor attempt at a klaxon. Um, Uh, Yeah, Uh, I I have to say that because she's listening. Um, But I would say anyway. Um, For work, I am a videographer slash video editor. Um, self-employed doing that I've been doing that for two years now um, what else did you say what's my favourite tea um, peppermint tea is my favourite tea actually I'm a big fan of the peppermint tea wow Andrew Labors, ladies and gentlemen thanks for joining us that's episode three <laughs> see you next week <laughs> bye bye <laughs> bye bye <laughs> I'm also I didn't say by the way the reason I'm drinking the Guinness is because because of the lack of cream tea I feel like a Guinness is like the, the most puddingy of all the drinks, yeah, do you feel me? It's fair, fair. Name, name, I, name I, a more pudding-like drink, alcoholic drink than a Guinness. Oh well, Bailey's. I thought Bailey's. I'd, I'm sorry, I've I've blown you out yeah, the water there. No, I have to apologize. That's number I've, one. I've... That is number one. <laughs> yeah. But of all the drinkable drinks, because Bailey's tastes like ass, I'm gonna have to respect. Uh, I would go. With... <laughs> I love a Bailey's actually, but I limit myself to just Christmas time because I think if you if you drink it all year round, it loses its its um, Christmassy vibe. You know, it loses its specialness mm, at Christmas yeah. time. Do do you have your Bailey's with coffee? Is that the way that you tend to drink no, your Bailey's? Absolutely not. You have Bailey's. You have it straight. Straight with uh, oh, three or four ice. He's cubes. a very straight man. Oh. Tomato, tomato in it. Same <laughs> oh, meat, different word. gravy. <laughs> Oh dear. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is Andrew Labors. He's going to be talking to us today about mental health and kind of opening up for us and something that I feel is very appropriate in the times that we're in. Yeah. In something that is an ever increasing struggle for people. Um, I think something that actually needs to be talked about more as well. Not just yeah. talked about and left, but talked about and actually come up with ways that we can improve it. Um, mm. and that is mental health, which, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear more about and excited to dive into. Yeah. I think it's something that's very much at the forefront of what people are kind of thinking about at the moment, isn't it? Um, because having issues with your mental health and, uh, your mental wellbeing isn't something that anyone is immune to. And I think even for those, uh, people that have never, I guess, really struggled with, whether it be depression, anxiety, all of that sort of thing. I think the fact that we're in the middle of a global pandemic and 
the restrictions that it's put on our lives and all of that sort of thing it's kind of very much at the forefront of what everyone's um thinking about so i think this mm. is this is an ideal opportunity actually to um yes to uh yes. to have a chat about this so drew can you give us a little bit of context as to why this is something that's uh on your heart why it's something that you can relate to kind of mm. yeah just tell us a little bit about about your life and how mental health might have been involved in in ways yeah so it's difficult to know where to start really in some ways i think um mental health something that um i mean for me like the last sort of couple of years i've learned how much um how much better it is to talk more openly about mental health anyway um I mean, one of the main things, I, I, I guess, with mental health is that, you know, I, I believe anyway that the enemy wants us to keep these things in the dark because that's where they have power and that's where they grow. Um, and that that's where the enemy wants us. He wants us to be, you know, isolated, cut off and um, and to feel like, you know, we're on our own, essentially. So I think that's why um, that's why it's so important to have these conversations, to actually talk about um, mental health. And to be honest, not even just for people that struggle with mental health, like you were saying, Joe, anyone that that feels anything, you know, we should all be more open anyway, whether we have these yeah. struggles or not, just because, um, you know, I think we, we it's just important as as um, as friends and as Christians and, and whatever that, that, that we're um, creating the space to have conversations that are a bit more open than, than you know, just banter and football chat and whatever um but yeah so for me um mental health something that's that's like been a bit of a thing in my family um for a long time i've had family members that have struggled with mental health issues so i've kind of you know experienced it firsthand um throughout my sort of teenage years while i was growing up and stuff and i'd say probably when i was about as early as about 14 i probably experienced my first kind of signs of struggles with mental health um particularly with anxiety and to be honest, I didn't know what it was at the time. I didn't. I just had this weird feeling, like this weird weight on me that I, that I couldn't really articulate. Um, and to be honest, I I wouldn't even have been able to label it as anxiety until I was probably maybe eighteen, nineteen, something like that. Um, so yeah, I kind of lived this weird period where I I had this sort of weight on my shoulders that I didn't know what it was, and I didn't talk about it to anyone. I mean, for the first like five years of of noticing signs of, of you know some sort of unrest or anxiety in me i didn't i didn't share it with anyone at all i completely kept it to myself and yeah just looking back it's so it's so horrible to think about that and to think about other people going through that because it's so hard just to struggle with these things on your own you know um kind of like i was saying a minute in ago terms of, gone yeah I was just gonna ask, in, in terms of when you were going through that and and this kind of keeping it very insular and, and inside of yourself and, mm. and and whatnot do you do you think that that you know was was more so out of a like a lack of understanding you know as to what what was going on or do you think it was more to do with the fact that you know as a society mm. you know men's mental health is um mm. Is, is is generally considerably worse than uh you know when you look at the statistics yeah. three times more more men die from suicide than women yeah men are, are more likely to turn to alcoholism and drugs and all that sort of thing but 
only a third of referrals um, for psychological treatment um, through the NHS are for men. Mm. So you've got, uh, you know, a massive um, mental health crisis, if you like, uh, in the male population, but you've got a crisis of of guys either not having access to the, the correct information or, yeah. you know, uh, or, or, you know, as a society, men are kind of taught to be, you know, macho and don't talk about your, your emotions and what you're feeling mm. and keep everything bottled up and in, in, inside. Do you think, so do you think it was, you know, a, a bit of that or both or? Uh, yeah, probably, probably a little bit of that. I think more than anything, it was, it was, you know, my own insecurity with it um like i say because at, at first i didn't know necessarily what it was i didn't i just felt like i was struggling with something that i kind of shouldn't be you know like i had i had a sort of weakness that um my peers around me didn't have um which i guess is what most people with mental health issues will tell you is that the first thing is you kind of feel like you're the only one that feels this way um so yeah i suppose it was kind of sort of a pride issue in a way you know I, I didn't want to be seen as like weak um whereas the kind of message i'm trying to tell myself now that i now believe is that actually you're so much weaker um maybe weak is not a good word to use you know what i mean you're, you're so much better off being open about it that's where the real strength is that's where the real power is um so yeah i would just say you know pride was holding me back i didn't want to kind of like show people that kind of weakness um i mean especially because if you think about it, i mean i'm talking about sort of mid mid teen sort of age like no none of your mates at school especially guy friends none of you are showing any like weaknesses there are you you're, no. you're not you're really not <laughs> so are true. you um because you, you you know the second you are like everything is is up for grabs isn't it everything's there to be kind of mm. you know tore apart um but yeah, I, I guess it is it is a societal thing as well because I think now the conversation has shifted a bit and, and we're we're definitely a lot better I think as a society now at, at recognizing like you know the the importance of mental health issues and stuff. But um, but yeah, certainly ten years ago when I was fifteen, I I, mm. I found I, I I didn't feel like it was normal um, to kind of open up and really own um, your struggles with with you know mental health or or anything like that. Yeah, thanks, Satru. Um, so, can you kind of touch on, like, has that got better? Obviously, I, I know I've been in your life and experienced it, how it's been over the last few years. And mm. um, for the people that don't know, can you tell us more about what it's been like recently? Uh, kind of how you deal with it and, yeah, like, has it improved? Has it got worse? Kind of all those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, so, I think for me in the last in the last year or so it's it's become a bit more real for me in a weird way um like i said anxiety is something i've i've struggled with from quite a young age um but actually it weirdly it massively kind of disappeared around the sort of time that i started dating molly and at the time i i put that down to you know before i was just so in my own head that all of my anxieties were so kind of internally focused and then the second i had someone else there to look after and to kind of um care for that's when anxiety really took a kind of backseat in my life so um yeah for a while i i lived for a good 
two years or so almost without any anxieties at all any serious ones anyway um you know i i, I felt weirdly I, I almost felt like i had sort of conquered that um that battle you know um but yeah during the last like year almost exactly a year actually um through covid and, and the pandemic and everything it, it it's kind of um I think it, it's just revealed parts of my anxiety struggles that I didn't know were there before. Hmm. Um, I think God really revealed to me through um, the beginning of the pandemic, you know, that, that beautiful time back in sort of uh, <laughs> March last year when uh, we were about to go into lockdown and it was all exciting and it was all, oh, there's a new, there's a new virus that's going to kill a load of people on the loose. <laughs> oh, isn't this fun? When that whole, whole shambles was going on, um, the thing that God really revealed to me was that one thing that I really am anxious about is my health. And it was cool actually, because it became something that I could then turn into, well, how can I, how can I lean into God more in this? How can I um, depend more on God? Um, so yeah, ba basically, I mean, at, at the beginning of, of, um, of the first lockdown last year, I was really anxious about getting ill um, because I, d I don't know how you boys are about this, but, I think you might be a bit like this with me, Thomas, as well, actually. But I've got a bit of a phobia of hospitals. Are you a bit like that? Or have I made that mm. up? Maybe I'm thinking of someone else. It's not that I have a phobia. I have a pride problem with wanting to go to hospital when I really help myself. Interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if it's pride for me. It probably is. Most things are. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I really have a bit of a phobia of going to the hospital. I really don't like the thought of, of going there. And um, yeah, so like my biggest worry was that I'm going to get COVID and be really ill and have to go to hospital and have a tube down my throat. Um, so that was a big anxiety for me right when the first lockdown hit. And actually right when that first lockdown hit last April, was it? I think um, I got COVID symptoms and it was kind of too early to get a test or anything like that. But yeah, that was a time for me where my anxiety just went through the roof. Like my COVID symptoms, if it was COVID, it was unconfirmed. My COVID symptoms were quite bad in terms of like, I mean, you know, it was it was a bad flu, put it that way, um, just for a few days. But honestly, the anxiety symptoms I had was so much worse. It was insane. Um, I've had anxiety before, but never like that. I had these panic attacks where like um, I was sick once, like violently sick, I would say. It, it was pretty rough. Um, I had times where like, I, I just felt like I couldn't breathe. Um, I was just uncontrollably shaking. Like I couldn't. I couldn't focus on anything because I just had this anxiety in me that I just kind of couldn't shake. Um, and yeah, that was like last April. So, you know, you're asking if, if, if it got any better or anything. That's probably the worst it's ever been um, last April. Weirdly, after a time where I thought I was getting better and I thought I'd kind of moved past it. Um, so it's interesting how these things work. You know, I don't think anxiety is something that you either have or don't have. I just think there are different times in your life where you'll have different triggers you know, there are different times where you might experience it worse than others. Um, and one thing that really helped me was a, a close friend of mine who also struggles with anxiety um, talked to me about it. And we would talk to each other about how we're doing with our anxiety and stuff. Um, and that was really helpful. One thing he was able to do, which really helped me, was um, to kind of reassure me that there is nothing wrong with taking uh, medication for your anxiety or for any like mental health problems um, because that was a big point of pride in my in my life actually I spoke to you about that before Thomas um, mm -hmm. 
a family member of mine um, struggles with anxiety and has always taken uh, tablets for it. And as I was growing up, I always said to myself, I never want to be, you know, reliant on on tablets or medication um, for something like that. Cause it, I don't know. It, it just it just felt weak to me, I guess, um, from a place of pride. Um, but yeah, so through having some conversations with a friend um, a few months ago, I, I was able to see that actually, you know, if you need if you need medication to help your your mental health problems then there's nothing wrong with that and actually that's that's a blessing from god really that we have that um and, and that we're able to have help like that you know there, there are these people out there who have um created tablets that can ease the the actual physical uh effects that mental health can have and that's really important as well so that's something that really helped me um i take tablets now for my anxiety and, and that's been really good really really helped me um through this kind of covid season i feel like i'm in a better place now just mentally and and spiritually to deal with the the whole thing of anxiety anyway because i feel like there's there's i don't know I, it's hard to describe but there's real power when you kind of own something like that hmm. um if you keep it in the dark it, it it just keeps growing almost um but once you start opening up to people around you i think you really start to gain um a healthier perspective on mental health issues and um yeah i just think you know i'll still have bad days even even though i now have tablets that help with the anxiety i still have days where it where it's a struggle and you know i have to be um kind to myself and and aware of of how much i'm taking on and and what i um what i can and can't do that's another thing i mean it makes you aware of your own limitations um which again, from a point of pride, is really healthy because it means that um, I know that I can't just do anything. I have to rely on God through prayer um, to do even sometimes really simple things. If I've just got a job on, sometimes I need I need to rely on God for dependence to to get through that because you know I know now that things can overwhelm me quite easily. And even though before I would have viewed that as a weakness, at least now I can I can use it as a chance for God to reveal glory through that, which is really okay. cool um and you know it's taken a long time to get to that it it's it sounds great when you say it now it sounds great on a podcast <laughs> but um but yeah it, it did take a long time to get to that point um but what about you boys have you i don't know if you either of you really have many struggles with with this this sort of thing or if uh if if covid in itself has has brought any kind of um mental health issues to light or anything like that to you what what, what do you think um, so, I would say I'm pretty blessed in that I've never really struggled with mental health issues, if you like. Um, you know that I think more than anything, and more more than ever in the last year, things have uh, I've I've kind of struggled because of the whole raft of things that that have been going on, especially when in the first lockdown we were you know super restricted more so than this one yeah um it, you know had no support bubbles anything like that so pretty much for like i can't remember how long it lasted um until things eased a bit but at least six seven weeks um you know i, I was pretty much i guess isolated to my own kind of four walls um you know i'd, I'd go and do my 
my daily exercise and sometimes I would conveniently see someone in the park that I knew who was doing exercise at the same time. How absolute um, dare you? <laughs> <laughs> it's coincidences, coincidences. Um, so th- th- there were, you know, occasions where I, where I saw the odd person, um, you know, from from a social distance at least. Um, but yeah, I'm. Uh, you guys may disagree with me, but I'm quite an extroverted person um, <laughs> and get a lot of my energy um, from being around people. Um, and it's not like we had we were kind of like eased out of things. It was like a clean break mm, in yeah. life, if yeah. you like, where, you know, we went from hanging out with, you know, 20 mates to bam midnight the next day you're not allowed to see anyone so especially in that first lockdown i i struggled quite a lot with um with just being isolated and what i think is quite quite interesting thinking back to how i was kind of feeling at that time i didn't really allow myself to kind of feel sorry for myself if you know what i mean because i kind of had the attitude of well, everyone's in the same boat and there are people who have got loved ones dying. Yeah. So things could be worse. But I think it's so easy when you're you're struggling with something, even though it might not be, um, might, have, might have a label to it. So I've, you know, I've never, um, I've never had depression or, or anxiety or anything like that. But, but it was a tough few weeks, you know? Mm. I think sometimes it's so easy when you're you're going through that to get into this mode of kind of comparing what you're going through against what some unnamed person somewhere in the world is going through and kind of almost minimizing what you're going through because yes there are people that have had a really really crap time the last year but what someone else has gone through does not minimize what you yourself are going through yeah definitely um and i i think i think one thing that the the government has done right with with this lockdown um and and, and as well as the the, the month long one that we had in october is allowing people to retain their support bubbles and and all of that sort of thing so at least i can see my family because of because of that support bubble which um has been a massive help even just from the from the simple thing of just getting out of your house and getting out of the same four walls and having a little bit of interaction with someone because we are meant to be in community with 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 each other humans well 99% of humans are social creatures so I think for me it's definitely um I've been more aware if you like of you know what a situation like the one that we're in can do to someone's mental health and um and and that that totally looks different for every single person and there are different things that might happen in your life that will trigger it as you said drew yeah um, you know for some people they might go through their their entire life and the only thing that that ends up triggering you know mental health problems um or mental health struggles is a global pandemic but for some people it's you know it's it's more kind of day-to-day things um so i think for me definitely it's 
it's brought brought things to the forefront a bit more. <coughs> whereas I think before I was, uh, I was just kind of ignorant to it because it's not something that I myself had dealt with, and I and I'm, I've not not on a day to day basis anyway been really surrounded by people. Not until recently, in, in say in the last last two or three or four years of of like life working and, and all that sort of thing being surrounded mm-hmm. by a lot of different people from different walks of life until until that i wasn't really surrounded by anyone that that seriously struggled with with their mental health um so yeah it's definitely um it's definitely helped my and aided my understanding um mm. of it for sure um thomas last month uh you and your um football team i, I believe um, were were doing a fundraiser for Calm, which is the campaign against living miserably. Um, tell us a bit about that and uh, why you, as a football team, decided that was something that you wanted to get involved in. Um, and you know, there are a lot of amazing charities out there. Um, but what was it about Calm uh, that um, and and their their mission that that made you guys decide that you wanted to? Um, raise a bit of um, money for them yeah so we'd obviously finished our season we've been put on pause because of covid um it went on a lot longer than most other things did and so because of that we i think we all got to a point where we were like we kind of need something we want to dig together as a team and do something that that we we miss because of covid something that's so amazing about a football team is the unity and just getting together with a bunch of lads and and enjoying yourself and so my manager was like well let's do a run let's do um it was 60 miles in 28 days in february so 2.2 miles a day and we were kind of like oh what charity should we do it for and one of the one of the boys actually suggested calm and everyone was like yeah that's perfect um i think calm is doing an incredible job at there they have a free hotline that anyone can contact at any point who needs any support they need basically um but for each call it costs 11 pound i'm pretty sure was what i read meaning that's quite a lot of money so obviously the the more money they they get the more support there can be for an ever increasing problem um and so yeah we did that and it was incredible raised um, a lot of money had loads of support even people just like thanking for the awareness of it it's not always the money sometimes mm-hmm. it's just the awareness and talking about it that makes such a massive difference um so yeah and i think this is where me and you are really similar joe for once is that i've never had something i would label as anxiety or depression um but for me the the power for me in it in doing this fundraising was that even though it was not going to benefit me in any way fighting for someone else is is like so important Mm. that you're showing them that like yeah like i'm ready to to do whatever it is to help you and i think there's massive power in that and a massive encouragement for me to take from that that like it can be the simplest thing like running once a day and it can genuinely affect people's life in such a positive way. Um, mm. So yeah, that was kind yeah. of why we did it and what's happened from it, which has been incredible. Yeah, and I mean, I, you know, another thing I would say is that for me, um, I've learned that 
actually the words that we use when it comes to mental health is really important as well and you know for the longest time i would always refer to anxiety as like my anxiety but i think the more that the more that i identified with anxiety the more i was letting it have power over me it's like Hmm. you know i think i think you know identity is really important and and if, if if you start um identifying with a mental health problem then you're going to let it have more power over you than it should have and that it does have um you know you asked me to introduce myself at the start if i said yeah my name's andrew i'm 25 um i suffer with chronic anxiety you know it's, it's like you're, you're, you're just you're just kind of backing yourself into a corner you're like um anxiety is, is a real thing I, I know i'm talking a lot about anxiety but obviously that's my my own um my own battle with mental health you know I've, I've never necessarily struggled with depression or anything like that but um as an example anxiety is something that that everyone experiences it's not just it's not just this really big intense serious thing that has like really serious um side effects of like we've all felt anxious at different at different points whether it's before a football match or um you're about to go on stage inexplicably um or uh, you know there's whenever someone hits record on you on on a video or, or anything we i'm sure we've all felt anxiety at, at different points you know but the the second we start using um things like anxiety as as a kind of um defining characteristic or as something to identify as um then yeah we're kind of setting ourselves up to to fail in 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 terms of getting better at coping with it um for me, I I kind of accept that anxiety will always be there um, in my life. It, it, it's just that I know that I'm as the days and, and months and years even go on, I'm just going to get better and better at coping with it. Hmm. And yeah. that realization's given me peace, really, because it just means that you know I don't have to kind of pray it away or say, um, you know, I don't want to be anxious, but it's more that I don't want to. To let it hold me back i don't i don't want to um let it stop me from from being everything I'm, I'm called to be and i'm supposed to be yeah i think that's really good drew because i think when we look at health as um you know if we go back 10 years the the umbrella of health very much really only included people's physical health yeah and you know people who have a physical kind of ailment whether that be they have had to have an arm amputated or they've got uh cancer something like that uh, you know, any any number of, of of physical health issues or ailments mm. or disabilities you know there from a from a society kind of perspective there's always been a massive kind of thing to say about not letting it define you yeah. you know just because you are disabled for example doesn't mean that you're not able to still live a totally fulfilling life yeah and definitely all of these sorts of things and i think that i think gradually we're, we're getting to this point i think a society where mental health is kind of coming under that kind of same umbrella because i think up until probably quite recently mental health and mental illness still had quite a stigma attached to it um and you know a, a lot of people not wanting to talk about it and mm. uh, and whatnot and i th- i think you know 
that's one of the things that I think is going to very much outlast this pandemic that we're in is the the mental health element that that people are going to have kind of picked up on and 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 will you know I think it will far outlast um you know the conversations that we're having at the moment about easing restrictions yeah. and vaccines and and all of this sort of thing to to try and move us on from from what we're in as a as as a as a world if you like um you know i think the the mental health kind of aspect of it is gonna is gonna be still gonna be seen i think in years and years to come Uh, and it's really it's how you know as you know as a society and also as individuals how do we look at look at it and deal with it and and support each other through it in the same way that we would support someone Mm. if they broke the leg yeah you know if, if someone breaks the leg you you might go and do the shopping for them that mm. sort of thing you know what can we do as individuals to support our brothers and sisters that are going mm. through Love a that. mental health crisis uh yeah and, and where do we get the resources to be able to do that um because i think a lot of people and yeah i'm including myself in this you know have a lack of understanding about how to be there in the right way for someone mm. that is going through a, a mental health crisis so i think it's really important that conversations like this happen um yeah and you know especially within my my kind of wider group of friends and and, and whatnot it's very much something that has been talked about a lot more frequently especially in the last year year and a half or so um which i think is really really good um yeah you know, i think we need to we need to keep having these conversations yeah and actually um another thing with that is that when it comes to mental health issues i think if anyone out there you know is, is listening that that suffers with mental health issues or whatever i think you really do have to be kind to yourself in every single way um because we we don't treat mental health issues the same as we do with physical health issues and you know you do you do have physical symptoms as a result of mental health issues it isn't just all in your head um it might start in your head but um you you definitely have very kind of physical symptoms like i said i struggle with um you know uh shortness of breath and and um shaking and being sick and stuff like that there's loads of physical symptoms you can have and so i think with mental health it, it is really important as well to to treat yourself as someone who is sick in a way and needs care so for example when i started taking uh, medication for my tablets i'd gone from a place where i was you know regularly suffering with panic attacks like every day um to then having this time off work where i had to kind of uh deal with with um the adjustment to like medication which can be quite rough it can make you feel quite ill and stuff um but also the anxiety is, is still there and my brother-in-law gave me a really good bit of advice. He just said, you know, even though it is uh, mental health issues you're struggling with, there are actually physical um, healings that need to take place. Um, you just can't see them. It's invisible, isn't it? And so you you still need to be kind to yourself and give yourself the um, the time to kind of heal from those things almost. Um, you know, if, if you broke your leg, you wouldn't just go straight back to running or something like that, would you? But if you if you kind of start getting help with your your mental health, 
uh, it, it would be easy to just go straight back into normality instead of taking a week or two off to like readjust. And so for me, that was really important, actually. It was a really good bit of advice that made me think about how I needed to be a lot kinder to myself. Um, because I think part of the stigma around mental health is that uh, because it is such a, a point of, of pride, particularly in men, I think, um, uh, in kind of showing your, your you know, so-called weaknesses, which is a load of rubbish, um, around mental health i think i think you're you're less likely to to be kind to yourself about the way that you actually recover from it and and move on from it um and kind of live the rest of your life coping better with it um so yeah i just think it's really important to to be kind to yourself and, and to give yourself the time and space that you need to actually recover and grow and learn from um your experiences with with mental health issues to how you can actually um move past them in the future yeah I think that really helps people that don't understand it either to really yeah. get a picture of what it's like as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I just wanted to say, Drew, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. As someone that's done life with you, I just want to call out, um, yeah, just the constant honesty that you always bring and the willingness to have a conversation is... It's always very encouraging to me and i know that you've blessed a lot of people by showing your struggles and i think that's an encouragement for mm. you and for a lot of other people listening thanks man appreciate that yeah it means a lot yeah i mean yeah that, that's another thing as well i think for me personally having a, a really strong uh close group of friends around me has just been amazing you know um i think if it, unless you start opening up about your struggles you won't get the help that is right there that people that people are, you know people are so ready to help you your friends are so ready to to be there for you and and help you through tough times um so that's why i think it's, it's really important to share and you know you thomas um and you joe even have you've both been you've both been there for me and, and both been uh a listening ear uh for me in, in times that i've struggled and um and yeah that's all any of us can ask to be really it's just there to, to listen and, and be there for each other. And uh, yeah, just a, a good group of mates is massively important when it comes to stuff like this, I think. Facts. That's great, Drew. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Um, I'm, I'm sure that you guys will agree with me when I say that if even one of our circa 50 listeners gets something out of this podcast, then... Dream then that's great um i'm gonna put some um uh some details of mental health organizations down in the podcast description so uh, if anyone listening does struggle with with mental health issues and you're just not sure where to start there are some amazing organizations out there such as calm uh, that are so ready um, to help you if you need it so thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of It's Time for a Cream Tea. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Time for a Cream Tea. You can follow Thomas Cleveland at Thomas Cleveland. You can follow Drew at Labour's Films. And I, as I have said in the previous episodes, have a private Instagram account, so you can't follow me. Probably for the best. So, guys, as we come into land, any final thoughts? Cream on top, baby. Peace out, y'all. Bye. Bye, everyone. Ciao for now. <laughs>